What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And right now we are knee deep into our global warming party bag. I know there's been a record heat all across the United States. And as the true entrepreneurs that we are, the entertainers that we are, the promoters that we are, we have new VIP packages for all the Registone clubs in Vegas, in LA, in New York. Right now, for only $500, we'll bring you a bucket of ice. That's right. No drink, no sparkles. Just a bucket of ice with floss water inside. You can floss on all the starving pourers below you. That's how we're rolling in 2021. Bro, come on, man. That, 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 that's like 2019 level. We have to have an NFT of a <laughs> photo of a bucket of ice for $5 million. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's get, let's get this money. <laughs> oh, but uh, hopefully the weather's been a little nuts out there. Hopefully wherever tropical you are, storm. take care of yourselves. Elsa tropical out storms. here. Hot girl summer. Yeah, hot girls, hot, literally hot girl summer. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're, we're back in the saddle to bring you the most important music news because that's what matters in a dystopian future. Yeah, we're, we're still in dystopian. Like, it's always like, this, yeah. And they have joints. Like, come on, let's be honest. You know, Mad Max in the Dome, fucking Tina Turner. Yeah, fucking Blade Runner, the Vangelicence. Like, it makes sense that we have bops because this is the bop era. You know what I'm saying? Got to get those, you know, the, 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 apparently starvation and fucking lack of resources is, is really good for fucking pop tunes. But that's, that's facts, though. I mean, the best music comes out of despair. True. Very true. <laughs> womp womp. But uh, on the NFTs, I guess it's the NFT show because uh, we've got a new NFT announced. You know, Tribe Called Quest putting some early records on NFT, which apparently is not really what happened. Long story short, according to Mr. Ali Shaheed Muhammad, you know, industry rule number 4080. Years and years and years ago when they were a young hip-hop group, they signed a record deal, and their lawyer apparently took some points that they thought had settled, but apparently they didn't. So whoever owns those points now decided to wrap up all their hard work and sell it for their own personal gain, the true American way. You know, this is, I guess it's not surprising. It's, I think it's just more of, <laughs> it's happening to Trap Trap Call Quest, who basically said <laughs> record labels are shady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, this is the second in a row, you know, last week we talked about Dave Dash of like NFT, like fuckery, the same, like <laughs> industry shenanigans just with NFTs. Like, it's just kind of crazy where NFTs, I mean, dead ass is a get rich quick scheme, right? It's just, it's dumb money, you know, scammers. Lots of scammers out there. Lots of people who are just like willing to like park their, you know, laundered money somewhere. And, you know, there's a lot of people who are like willing to take advantage of that. Um, but this is just another example of uh, super crazy stuff that, you know, and, and it's really sad to see these these artists um, still fighting their labels for yeah. like, you know, monetization of their work. 30 years later, right? Because yeah. De La Souls is, is still fighting with Tommy Boy um, to, you know, to get their their tracks released to streaming. Um, 
I mean, we're talking about 30 years later and we're still at like these artists who are legends are still having these battles, you know, to, to get, to get like monetized for what they're worth. You know, like I, if I had the money and I I don't anymore, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I did at the beginning of the pandemic. I'm like, Oh shit, let's go out. And then it's just, Oh damn, damn. Like I have no money. And you went out. (laughs) Yeah, I went out. But if I had the money, like, sure, yeah, I'll spend money on a uh, Trap Called Quest NFT, but, you know, only if they're behind it, you know, and, and it sucks that, you know, 30 years later, they don't have that agency to be behind, you know, the art that they created and the art that people love. Um, and then that to me is just sad. That's like the saddest part of, about all of this. Yeah, and you nailed it. It's like, it's like the idea of where it's not the idea of where, you know, I've, and I've seen a lot of young painters, a lot of young artists kind of going in the NFT game and making a little cash. And I'm not mad at them. You know what I'm saying? We could talk about, you know, if it's a scam or not, hence it's a scam as we discussed. But, you know, I'm not going to mad at getting mad at anybody getting the paper. But like you said, the problem is that you've got this beloved group and they're not getting that paper. It's, it's just somebody literally taking advantage of the fact of where these guys created something years ago and using that and using that leverage simply because, you know, they're able to find legal loopholes. And that's what kind of sucks. It's like, I'll never necessarily be mad at anybody getting their money, you know what I'm saying? Particularly to wh- where this is, is just like, you know, if you're able to spend, you know, 50 grand <laughs> on a quote-unquote NFT, you probably could afford to lose 50 grand on an NFT if it loses value. It's still an investment. But it's the idea of where, you know, at the end of the day, the people who create it, the, the ones who made it special, they're the ones locked out of this market, and that's what's fucked up. And the people who are benefiting from this market are literally the ones who ripped them off so they wouldn't be able to be, you know, f- financially fiscal now. You know what I'm saying? It'd be one thing if it was some random kid that caught it, that found in the corner, but no. It's their original fucking lawyer from decades ago who wrote a shitty deal they thought they got out of, and he still has his boss into the fucking, into their points now. And it's and like I said, it, it, it's, it's just where it shows you how, like, particularly in the creative industries, when that bumps against capitalism, it's a really hard thing to kind of separate them both. Inevitably, capitalism kind of eats the creative fucking side of it, and it, and makes and you know you don't really get the money for what you're supposed to work, and and that's what kind of sucks. Where the whole idea behind capitalism is that you know the worker works and earns something out of it, but you know the, this this is this is some communist shit. This is some <laughs> the, this is this is some socialism shit that the Democrats want. You know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm gonna get on my Fox News. That this, this this is how I'll speak to them. You know, this is, a, this is the communism. You know, the, out here, Tropical Crest working hard, making this music, and then this guy comes up and takes money out of their pocket. It's messed up, messed up. This is the, this is the future Pelosi wants. We need to stop this now, my QAnon brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the sad thing is, I feel like with, you know, the fact that, you know, black people have basically created they've been the backbone of, of American music for now for like a hundred years. Right. But we still don't have the agency to create our own record labels, to create our own in- NFTs, to own our own work. Right. Like we always need to partner with a label. And I understand why people do that. You know, like I've talked to artists who they don't want to partner with a label, but you know, that's the only way they're going to get on radio. The labels have these deals, right? Like, so if you want to be on la- on radio, you have to work with a label. If you want to, you know, say like do like a nationwide tour, you have to be on a label most likely. Um, 
And it's like it's this deal with the devil. And it sucks that we, we as a people, like don't have our own setup um, where we can we can kind of circumvent a lot of this, this BS. Um, because it's, it's always going to continue to happen. You know, it's always going to, you know, there's, and we'll talk about Saweetie and like, you know, like there's all these people who are like, make these deals with the devil but they have to right like they're like that's just kind of the name of the game like if you want to get to the next level if you want to do you know nationwide tours or get money for your video or get money for studio time or get like whatever um you're gonna have to make a deal for the label and a lot of times you just don't know what you're signing and then like 40 40 30 years later it bites you in the ass (laughs) basically So it's like it's unfortunate, and like I said, it's the idea of where it's just a system kind of set up to be kind of unequal. I mean, like everything across the board, and you know, we hope that now that everything was you know turned off for about sixteen months, that when everybody kind of goes back to the table, albums are coming out, touring's coming out, merch will be coming out. There'll be some kind of fucking reevaluation of the way it is, because the system can't kind of maintain the way it is. You, you kind of I, I I like you know. It, me, me, me and Stone are of a certain age, but we still <laughs> listen. To, but we still listen to new music because we find the idea of new music, new artists. You know that that idea of creativity kind of still happening. We find that exciting. It's a big part of our lives. It's, it's what we like like to like consume. It's a big part of what we love about living living in this world. And you know, I I just want to see something where you know years down the line, if it's a if it's a dope person who's got this dope music talent, they're able to have a pipeline to kind of, you know, be able to play that music, share it, and live off their talent, like like anything else in this capitalistic hellscape. So, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, this is just a fad. Hopefully, you know, NFTs will disappear, and, and hopefully, you know, like as everybody's kind of figuring out where their world is post-COVID, that one of the things people kind of reevaluate is the fact of where, hey, you know, we are creating a lot of this content that's being sold and we aren't really getting a piece of it. What can we do? Yeah, we can only hope. Yep, and then um, on, on that note, we're going to go to, uh, I guess my segue is Halsey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's random. This is more Reggie news. Uh, so I was reading about my favorite bros in the world, you know, Mr. Mis- Mr. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, you know, of Nightish Nails fame. And uh, I remember they were hyping up an album they were working on that was going to come out soon. And I was like, cool, soundtrack work, maybe some new Nine Inch Nail stuff. But no, they've decided to hook up with infamous uh, death metaler Halsey, <laughs> known for her, <laughs> for her hits, you know, Rain and Blood, <laughs> Master of Puppets, you know, big in the metal scene. But uh, long story short, Halsey has a fourth album coming out. Basically, it's going to be Nine Inch Nails doing the fucking music. And it's going to be based around motherhood, which even though any of those singular things sounds uninteresting, all three of those things together sounds fucking fantastic to me. <laughs> well, look, like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have, like, I'm not surprised, right? Like, I, I they've been doing scores for, for, like, movies for the past, like, like, 10 years to the point where, like, I feel like the kids have no idea what nine nails like actually is right like they did the score for soul yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) so look i I, yeah i mean i i guess it's 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 kind of funny 
Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. Like they're, they're really talented. It's, I think this, I feel like this is the first though, like, you know, cause like they do, they do a lot of movie scores, but it's like the first album they've teamed up on maybe like no, they had, uh, the, um, the, I, I, the thing is like, it's weird because for them to, well, for Atticus Ross and Nails and, and Trent Reznor, Apparently he was there and he was the engineer for a long time. Yeah. So during oh, okay. The, and then he got upgraded to a member. But I think when he got upgraded to a member, they did those EPs. So I think he was a member officially during those EPs. Well, like, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, like I guess like the first like production for a musician. Oh yeah, like, no, this not, is probably not an IN, and then also to like not like a movie soundtrack, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is probably their first. Yeah, their, their first real big non-musical scoring project absolutely yeah yeah so i you know they're talented i mean they did like the social network soundtrack like i mean i'm telling you the kids have no idea what nine Nails is like unless like you know um that one track um f you like an animal like popped up on tiktok and they're like oh shit this new <laughs> jam it's, it's uh, my dad's music <laughs> that shit's it's so real right now it's so real. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm not surprised. I, 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 it's really interesting. I mean, like the, the album cover is, is actually, I feel like the most interesting, right, uh, for Halsey. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like as a, as a cisgendered male, I was like, oh, her breast is out. But the <laughs> whole, like, conversation around postpartum, like, you know, not really depression, but just kind of like, like, at, and look, I, this is me as a cisgender male, like stumbling over my words, but uh, essentially postpartum, like, you know, I guess like self-esteem and like your body, like things like that. Like, you know, I guess like that's what the album cover is trying to like, you know, spark a conversation around, uh, which I think it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm not going to say I'm a housey fan. But you know, I, I I might press play. I might press play. <laughs> it's you know no, it's 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 the because look at it this way, right? So for you got to figure for like on the nail side, for them to work a for pop star, which they've kind of done to a certain extent because it quiet is kept. The reason why we have to, the reason why we had Marilyn Manson honestly was because Trent Reznor put that album, you know, Antichrist Superstar on his back. That was basically all Nine Inch Nails. But uh, I think what's interesting for them is the idea of where, so you've got this theme of basically femininity, and you've got Nine Inch Nails, who they're literally the, the prototype, you know, tough ass, you know, we're all black, tough guy, goth, metal type dudes. So for them to kind of play with that thematically, I think it's fascinating. You've got Halsey, where I, I, I think people have said that she's done some experimental stuff in the past, but whatever, in 2021, she's a pop star. So you've got somebody here who, you know, used to singing about breakup and party jams and, you know, the light, fluffy affairs. She's talking about motherhood, which is basically not really a popular fucking topic in pop in pop music. And doing it, at least because they played one little snippet, looking over very Nine Inch Nails sounding beats. So it's going to be these weird, ominous, you know, soundscapes and drums and everything else. I think that what, the reason why I'm amped is I think even if it's a miss, it's going to be an entertaining miss. Because both of them are kind of out of their wheelhouse, and it's always it's always cool to kind of see. Because 
again, Nine Inch Nails are paid. You know what I'm saying? As a band, they're Stadium Act. As scorers, they, they're fucking, they're, you know, they're, I won't say, actually, you probably, would you say they're at like Hans Zimmer level? I think they're kind of up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, so definitely. Yeah, so they get in the bag two ways. So is this like for them? Is this like a fun project? And I, I, I know they'll say that. Unless maybe I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Halsey's like fucking Trent's cousin or some shit. But it looks like they're it's an intentionally fun project <laughs> from the regular day to day shit. <laughs> and in Halsey too, is this like it's cool to see somebody where at least she's realized that she's in a different stage of her life and she really can't just be hitting up fucking you know Calvin Harris for beats. You know what I'm saying? So like I, I think even if this is a miss, it's gonna be entertaining to see what they do. And like, like I said, I just like seeing artists go for it as opposed to like, okay, you know, here's an Irish Nails album, here's you know, 15 old poems from when I was 15 that make me really that when I was really pissed at my parents, I'll just put some beats behind it. Or Halsey, where it's just like, okay, cool, give me give me some Mike Will made it traps tracks, and then I'll just figure something out on top of it. So yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I think like the whole like the fact that they have these, she has these producers. It's about postpartum depression or postpartum life you know like i i feel like it's one of those things where halsey is a pop star and she's actually taking this like huge risk i feel but she also is not as big of a pop star as like say a britney or like a you know lady gaga right so she can take these risks and i think like the the her fan base will appreciate it so yeah i'll, I'll press play on it yeah why not yeah no yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a fun little project. Like, with everybody kind of releasing their, like, here's the album I am going to tour with, you know, for the next, you know, two years to make up revenue. For her to basically make an album dedicated to motherhood and with basically two goth studio rats, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a bold flex. So let's let's see where this kind of ends up. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Yeah, and I think, you know, la- last thing I saw that was kind of interesting was Cool in the Gang has a new record coming out. <laughs> Bro, I, I I listened to that that first track. <laughs> I I sense silence in your part, Stone. It, it you know it's like one of those tracks I feel like will come out in the eighties. You know, it's just like what if there's no pollution? What if like everybody <laughs> got along? <laughs> what if there's no racism? <laughs> it's 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 that. I feel like at a certain point, when you get old enough, your logic starts to become very like, why don't we just, why do, why, why, why do we hate each other? Why don't we just get along? Which they've got a point, but at the same time, it's hard to like take advice from a guy who's hating on his fucking sister-in-law because she stole his cash roll dish in like 1974. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, wait, was that a thing? That's I'm just, no, I'm just made it up. I'm saying. Oh, okay, no, I, I mean, look. This, like, <laughs> I'm just saying we all all are we all know that certain age just become surly motherfuckers. So it's kind of funny to be like, I hate fucking your aunt Bev, but <laughs> let's see yeah. the trees. <laughs> so, so all I have to say about this album, and and look, I I I would love to go to a cooling in the in the gang concert, like you know, but my problem is when I go to concerts from people from that era, I don't want to hear the new shit. Yes. When they when they play the new shit, that's when you go to the bathroom. I have a well. Who's here's the all right. There has to be somebody who's had relatively new shit that's solid. That, but we I can't think of any. Like somebody's had had to have made that leap. 
I mean, like, you have artists who are like, you know, they haven't. I mean, who, who was it? Um, uh, Isley, maybe? Mr. Big? I, yeah, like Ronald Isley, um, like Charlie Wilson. Um, like, there are, some, there are some artists that, like, have put out newer work and, you know, it, it's, it's been really good. But they've also kind of, like, seeked out, like, you know, the right producer at the right time, right? Yeah. So, but, I mean, that first track, dude, <laughs> it literally sounds like, it, like it's a 1981 track when we're all kind of, like, you know, like, positive about the future. <laughs> 2021, we're going to have, like, flying cars, you know? <laughs> What if there's no global warming? And like, it's like, nope, nope, nope. Like, we're past that shit, dude. Like, we have global warming. <laughs> like, they tried to take down the country <laughs> six months ago, yo. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, like we're, 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 we're a little more cynical now. It's, it's not, you know, it's a, the, we're post Cold War. <laughs> Yeah, I like I don't want to be like so cynical, but like, you know, this is this is what the world the world made me this way. Yeah. <laughs> sad but true, sad but true. But uh all right, so the last the next topic, the big topic, the big conversation piece. You know, as you know, me and Stone adamant Doja Cat fans, you know what I'm saying? Adamant. I'm out here Doja Cat and all all the time. They're sitting here in, in racial chats all the time, showing my feet. You know, we, we're hanging out in the club with Doja Cat, you know. You know using, using slurs. Like <laughs> Daniel Caesar, you know. <laughs> like, we all need like, you know, look, the, the self-hating black people, like, are connected to, like, the, the white people with money. <laughs> so, we all in the club. We all in the yacht, you know. We're, we, we're, we're, we're all there chilling. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... Long story short, uh, a couple weeks ago there was a glut of albums. One album came out with Doja Cat's, uh, basically I guess follow up. I mean I don't know what how you kind of career now because it's had a couple of couple of uh, twists and turns, but I guess her second album after a huge glow up post uh, the move song, um, and you know as we're we we're at Registone we do things we don't want to do but we do it for you the listener. So I was like. Let, let me let me pick this football up. Let me let me give this record a listen. Let me go out of my way. Let me suffer through this. And and to be honest with you, if I had to be honest with myself, it's a pretty good record. Um, you know, Doja Cat has had a very interesting career. She kind of came out, you know, more of a pure R&B singer. That album kind of stalled. You know, go online, make songs. You know, basically built a, a online following, but built an online following making funny songs, making beats, kind of creating live, which kind of led into the Moo song, which kind of led into a major label deal, and which kind of brought us to where we are today. She's somebody where, objectively, she's very talented. She may not be the best singer out there. She may not be the best rapper out there, but she's definitely B-plus in both those categories, at least a B to B-plus, where she's kind of got this weird, almost perfect pop star package where you know she's got acceptably european light-skinned black looks she could sing she could rap i saw her live once i can't tell if she could dance or not maybe she's improved as far as that's concerned 
but also she's somebody where at the end of the day she's a solid beat maker songwriter she's somebody where like you know a lot of these pop stars you know they basically wait around for songwriters to come to them and then you know between them and their producer they kind of pick the songs out and they kind of sing it out Doja Cat's kind of talented enough where and it's like I said it's not really surprising in hindsight where all she kind of needed was a team behind her and to get some strong people to kind of help her with her visions and to kind of throw things at her to kind of work on. And it was just inevitable for her to kind of have, like, you know, a really solid career. I think for me, the biggest struggle is, and we've kind of discussed this, is the idea of where, infamously so, she's somebody where, in real life, she's a terrible-ass person. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't want to press play on this album just because I was trying to boycott Doja Cat. Um, but you, you convinced me to press play on this album. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So I might as well press press play. If I got to suffer, you got to suffer. <laughs> um, so having that said, it's not a bad album. Like it's it's really well produced, and we'll talk about the produced production and the producer. <laughs> um, but you know, it's very much like I, it's it's pop, but it's definitely filtered through the lens of like R and B and hip hop, um, in a way that it's it's I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to find the words. Like it, it, it's very of the moment, right? And I feel like that's actually very hard to do, right? To take like say something like the City Girls will do, right? In terms of like like kind of hip hop and make it a little bit more broader and or I won't say watered down, but make it more mainstream, right? Um, and I feel like 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 they've done that in the production. I mean, she starts with pretty much an Afrobeat track. Right, but uh, it's actually—I mean, it's kind of a bop, right? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good. It, if if it wasn't a whiskey album, you would not blink an eye. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's like it. I, I feel like from a production standpoint, um, it hits all the right notes. Um, I feel like as an artist, Doja Cat is not as. I, I feel like she still has some work to do as a, as a as a pop artist, but I see I see the vision. I see where she's trying to go. Um, I always like you know the, she has a one track with Ariana Grande, and I actually kind of wish this was an Ariana Grande album because Ariana's Ooh. like <laughs> I don't care. Shots fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> caping for, for the white girl stone. Caping for, for the white. Oh, wait, white. For, wait, for, 4chan's going to go after me because isn't Doja Cat on 4chan or the 8chan? Oh, like, yeah. You can't have the channels after you. you, gotta, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> Fed's going to get swatted. The Fed's going to raid. But I mean, I, I, I feel like, you know, you're right. This is kind of like a B, B album. Kind of Doja Cat's kind of the B team of pop, pop stars. Ariana's the A team. I feel like you know, I was longing for Ariana just to be on every track because <laughs> I, I feel like the production was super up there, but the vocals, like, I feel like, you know, are just not, not my bag. And also Doja Cat as a person is just not my bag. And then also too, like Dr. Luke being the, pro the uh, producer and just kind of like the whole controversy around him and, I mean, I guess it's okay for Doja Cat because she's already canceled, so you might as well just work with somebody who's already canceled 
can't cancel somebody twice. You know, so like, like, I mean, like they, they come, they Voltron together, you know, it's like a super being. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's not a bad pop album. It's, 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 it really impressed me in terms of just like the production and what they're trying to do. I just don't think that Doja Cat is like that strong of a pop artist, even though I know I, even though I know that she wants to be, um, but no, it's, it's, yeah, it's not a bad pop album. Like I'm, I, I was very surprised for me. It's less about, cause all right. So it, it's almost as if, and then even she shouts her out and which is again, an, another semi trash person, Nicki Minaj, because she even talks her out on the album. You oh, yeah. tell what she's doing. It's almost like the way they wanted Nicki Minaj to kind of be this, you know, we've got this this A-plus rapper, and we're trying to get her pop side to kind of be strong enough so that way we kind of sell this hybrid. With Doja Cat, she's not the same, she's not nearly, the, the not even close to being the same level of rapper, enough where blatantly you can tell her she's stealing, it's half Nicki Minaj, half Kendrick, her whole flow. But the thing is, she's at she's she's strong enough in these categories where even though she doesn't have an identity, she could pull it off. She could sing a song, she could rap, and I think that's where she's really good. You could make the argument that as a result, she may not necessarily, she doesn't necessarily have a singular identity. Like it, it's weird where even something like Ariana Grande, the la- the last couple of records, if, if I could, if I had to make an Ariana Grande album, like a, like if I had to make an Ariana Grande song for a joke on a Casio keyboard. I feel like you can kind of do that because there's a certain style she's kind of settled on. With Doja Cat, you can kind of tell where they're like, here's an Afrobeat song. Here's one that's a little more poppy. Here's one that's a little bit more clubby. Here's a stripped-down sex song. You could just tell they're still trying to hammer out exactly what she is. But I'd make an argument. Doja Cat is kind of like like she's the internet kind of almost. Where, like you said, it's just it's kind of interesting to hear this kind of artist that's kind of like, you know, very pop in a very broad kind of way where she's somebody where she, you know, by the nature of her showing racial chat, you know, facial feats in chat rooms, she's somebody where she's like, oh, you know, Afrobeat is still hitting. I feel like there's not enough Afrobeat, so maybe I could get an Afrobeat on there. Oh, shit, you know, Trapdom's a little bit overplayed. Maybe I won't do Trapdom's heavy on this. Maybe I'll do something else. Oh, you know, you know, WAP was big last year. You know, a lot of sexually suggestive lyrics. That seems very popular. Lil Nas X. So maybe I'll do a couple of really raunchy sex traps because, you know, I want to shout out Lil Kim. She's a student of the game. She's a very smart artist, you know. But like I said, the problem is ultimately as you look at it, where it's like, who is she working with? Dr. Luke, who's basically, you know, who's been being sued by Kesha for like, it feels like years now for sexual abuse. You've got her own comments, which basically, you know, She's, you know, heavy homophobic, which she didn't really apologize for a while. You know, obviously she has issues of race where, you know, she was messing in some sketchy chat rooms. And for me, I think the big struggle is the idea of where, you know, like how how do we judge these artists? It's like for me, I'm like, you know, I'm going to say it's the best album I heard this year, but it's a very solid al- artist. I mean, sorry, very solid album from a very solid POC artist who's a woman, you know what I'm saying, and genres I like. I should be like, this is dope. But I feel like I can't. Why? Because she's got a sense about her, and Dr. Luke has a sense about her. But I would make the argument, you know, you look at, let's say, like a 50 Cent. 50 Cent is not really a good individual. And you have Dr. Dre, where, for as much as we love Dr. Dre, was smacking shit out of fucking you know, music journalists years ago. So it makes you wonder, like, what necessarily is level to get canceled. And I also struggle with my own ideas because I'm like, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm judging her harshly because she's a woman. Maybe if it was some some metal punk dude who's out there pissing in the corner and punching people in the face, 
I'd be more acceptable because that's just seen as more, you know, it, within that genre, that is seen more as more acceptable behavior as opposed to, let's say, a black woman not being so racially sure of herself, where for Daniel Caesar, it's a little bit more cute, if that makes any word sense. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, and I definitely kind of go back and forth. And, and look, there's levels of canceled, right? Like, <laughs> you know, look, there's R. Kelly canceled. Um, and, and, and the sad thing is, too, like, I, I, I was just, your comments got me thinking about Kanye West, who I'm not saying I defend, but I'm kind of like, you know, I'm not as harsh on Kanye as probably some people feel like I should be or, you know, whatever. Um, so I, I, I feel you. So I don't want to entirely cancel Doja Cat. Um, yeah, yeah. You got me thinking, man. You got me thinking. Um, and I think like, like at the end of the day, she's just not an artist that I really kind of like follow and or champion. It's just like, I'm not in the target demo, um, for like the stuff that she's doing. Um, having that said, like, look, this album has bops though. The Kiss Me More with SZA is a bop. Like, all the features are, like, actually legit. You know, like, you know, the weekend feature, I love that track. I love the track with J.I.D. You know, yes. She has J.I.D. I was like, oh, shit. Shout out to J.I.D. <laughs> love the fact he got this you know, that placement. Uh, the Ariana Grande feature is, is pretty dope. You know, so, so she has bops. You know, she has, like, solid and legit, like, pop tracks on here. Um, they're like, you know, they're all kind of different in their own way, you know, but they all kind of have like the, a similar theme, you know? So look, I, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Like I, I, I really want to like this album. I understand like Doja Cat is canceled, but I also it's, it's the same thing with like Daniel Caesar's work. I think Daniel Caesar is a great R and B artist, but I can't say that too loudly, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So I like you. You won't see me on the streets of Bed Stuy, like you know, bopping the 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 Doja Cat album, you know. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's you know, cancel culture is it's it's really tough. And I, like I, the thing I will say is, it doesn't seem like she's made any redemptive strides. She's just kind of like this is all blowing over, and I guess it kind of has, you know. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's 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 like I said, it's, it's a tough listen. It's just like I, I struggle where like do I like it's it's like am I giving her more or less points? Like again, you know, as we all know, you know, we're America brainwashed. You know, I, I remember when I was a young man and I'd be like, Look at look at that pretty light skinned girl, you know, giving her adding her extra points because, you know, their proximity towards whiteness. And I wonder here if it's like a, almost a reverse thing of where because she's so you know, the, the issues here are stark in the time of BLM and we're a little bit more socially fucking woke that somebody to kind of come off as anti-black who's also black, I'm going extra hard on, as opposed to, like, let's say somebody, Tyler, who, where he's not really necessarily anti-black, has said some borderline questionable stuff. He's definitely on the, you know, I was picked as a little kid by other black kids, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the brunch black stuff, you know, you know, the N word stuff where it's like, you know, I don't mind white people say nigger around me. It's, it's, it makes you wonder how these politics kind of fit in. And, and I, I don't know, like I said, it's, it's a new era where, you know, back in the days, like for all we know, David Bowie was out here just throwing the N word around and fucking just being a terrible person. We don't know that. 
But because he had a persona, because of the way the industry was back then, we didn't really see it. You know, we're just like, look, he's this great artist, married to a man, yada, yada, yada. Now in the fucking 2021, where we kind of know everything about an artist, it makes us see the flaws easier. And it's like, as a listener, how do you do that when it's very easy to ignore it? You know, obviously something as abhorrent as R. Kelly, when that comes in, it's hard to kind of get my dancing feet. You know, it's not, I don't even think it's necessarily about morals per se, but it's the fact of where, for me, when I hear R. Kelly, I think of you no know, fucking child molestation. So it's not me making this great, crazy moral stand. It's just like, yo, I hear the needle stop when a song comes on. So it's very easy for me to ignore. Doja Cat is under my demographics. So I could also make the argument, this is very easy for me to ignore also. But at the same time, I wonder where, you know, if this was a strong album by a black male artist, would I still be as harsh? If it was, you know, it's there's a lot of things here that kind of get played around with where I just kind of wonder. And I, like I said, I think as we all are reevaluating, you know, as a consumer, as lover of arts, when we see who the artists are behind the scenes and we see that they're flawed human beings, you know, what are we willing to accept and what are we not willing to accept? So, you know, I just thought it was a great Damn. little... You know, it's just like I said, it's fascinating. You know, yeah. And it, like I, like I said, it's it's I, I I struggle with it, and it's just like you know, like like to quote Easter Ray, you know, I'm rooting for everybody black. So even though <laughs> Doja Cat wishes she had that Michael Jackson serum, you know, I'm still rooting for her for now. But like at the same time, it's like you know, like you struggle, like you know, what's the give and take here? But I think it's something that we're all gonna be reevaluating as we come out of COVID. It's just like you know, politically, socially, politically, you know, ethically, morally. What are we willing to deal with and not deal with now in a new era? So, you know, that's all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, back to back to racial chat showing feet. <laughs> 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 you know what's funny, though? And this sounds really random. I wonder, could we get Doja Cat to make an NFT of her feet? And how much would you get for it? How much you could get top dollar? Oh yeah, I bet you. Oh. I bet you, uh, you can get. You'll get like the kinky racists. You know, it'll it'll. Don't you get at me? We'll we'll we'll, we'll make this this OnlyFans money. <laughs> OnlyFans NFT? I don't know. Yeah, you know, like like look, everybody's gotta get the bag, man. Like we're we're still in a pandemic. Like like even though every everybody's touring now, like <laughs> that shit can get canceled real quick. <laughs> it's this Delta variant, so you know, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, true, true, true. But uh, all right, so I'll start with my record first, as I've just been blabbing, it feels like. But uh, long story short, there's an artist who I've had my eye on called Lorraine. Um, she dropped a new record called, give me one second, and it was a sad name, Fatigue. So uh, long story short, Lorraine has been, she had, a pre- she had an album before this that was basically about the death of her mother. I, I'll say, that the, the, I hate the term experimental, which sounds very vague. But let's just say that she's somebody who I believe she's tra- tra- classically trained musicians, um, does a lot of loop work, a lot of guitar stuff, a lot of beats. Um, a lot of her songs tend to be, as opposed to verse, chorus, verse, really strong melodic ideas that kind of come in and out based a lot of, you know, with a lot of samples here and there. Um, the first record I liked a lot, I will admit that it was a little bit too, I guess, not grounded for me, even though it was a great record. You know, from my listens, it, 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 it's... It was a little bit too, I'll say esoteric. Again, I, I hate these terms because it makes it sound like experimental, experimental music is hard to get into. It's not. But uh, I think with this record, though, for some reason, it hit me much harder. It's probably one of my favorite records of the year. I, I would kind of recommend you kind of go listen to it. A, because, you know, 
it's good listening. It's good to give people who are a little bit of, you know, outside of the mainstream, but give a good listen. And also sonically, it's just really great. It's really well put together. Even though there's a lot of, it's more strong snippets and sound snippets, it's put together in a way that it feels cohesive. The songs feel like real songs, even though they may be, you know, only a minute and a half. You know, a lot of the samples she uses are very poignant. It, it kind of builds a world. Like when you listen to it, as opposed to her previous record where I kind of felt like it was just like somebody dropping stuff from their hard drive, this one feels like she kind of built a whole universe in itself. So, you know, really great record I've been vibing to the last couple of weeks. That's what's up. I will definitely check that. Um, and on my end, um, I uh, have I finally got around to uh, the Sky Z record, uh, All the Brilliant Things. Um, so Sky Z is a New York-based, like, like, MC basically your your in your your favorite MC's favorite MC you know in a lot of ways um been out here for a long ass time grinding uh, I kind of peeped him from the album the salvation which is one of my favorite albums of 2009 um and the dude is pretty much still grinding um I'm just looking at his discography right now like he's pretty much been putting out an album every year since right uh since 2009 so but he's still kind of i would say very much so underground um you know if you're in new york and you love hip-hop you know about sky zoo but i don't know how much how far his reach is uh and it's very interesting i had a conversation with a friend um just around the fact that you know the the griselda like hip-hop is it's kind of like popping off in a, a very interesting way right like like what's that gun like like all those cats are kind of popping off and they're still they're kind of making the music that sky zoo makes right um but and it's really interesting that i guess like like and i hate to call it real hip-hop is like finding an audience um you know but there's artists out here like sky zoo who are still kind of grinding um, but basically, he dropped a album called All the Brilliant Things, and it's basically a level letter to uh, Bedside, uh, which is the neighborhood I moved to like you know a year and a half ago. Um, and it's basically around gentrification in Bedside, which is a huge, huge, huge thing. Like you know, you see it on the streets. You see the kind of I won't say tension, but you kind of see like you know. Like there's people who've been here for years and there's newcomers. I'm one of them. Um, and kind of, you know, Sky Zoo is kind of like just basically, you know, telling stories uh, as somebody who's been in the neighborhood for a long time and kind of seeing the gentrification, gentrification happen. Um, and it's just like a great record full of storytelling. Like there's a record called basically called a tour of the neighborhood. Like there's one called Bodega Flowers, which is like great storytelling. Um, you know, like Bed Stuy is Burning is basically like the anti gentrification album, um, which is really interesting too because he's kind of like DC, don't let this happen to you. But I'm like DC's been gentrified for the past like 15 years. <laughs> but um, you know, and I think it's just like it's a really interesting like album and i think it's just because i live in the neighborhood and i can you know like the album cover is like of a corner it's like a painting of a sky zoo and i, I guess like his child like pointing to a, a new apartment complex that's been built and probably saying like hey this used to be so and so right 
Um, and I, I'm like, oh shit, I know exactly what that building is. It's, it's a real building or a real corner, you know, um, of like uh, Fulton and Franklin, you know. So it's a really interesting and great album. Um, you know, Bedside is Burning, Burning is a really cool track. Um, my favorite track is Culture Ish. And mainly just because it's literally just a a sample of my favorite Kareem Bin song, but you have Kareem Riggins just playing like a horn over that song, and it's like I was like, oh shit, like that's what this this song needed was just Kareem Riggins on it, um, and Sky's be rapping. It's like a very interesting kind of combination of Ooh. all of those those uh, kind of three things. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really great album if if you are an old person like me <laughs> who loves the real hip hop um you know like definitely check it out i i don't feel like it's getting a lot of spins um cuz there's a lot of people i've i who i felt like who are in the know who don't know this album exists um so i'm definitely trying to get it out there in the world it's a really great uh, hip hop album Sleeper might be one of my top albums of the year so far. So uh, yeah, Ooh. definitely check it out. Yeah, no, I, I I saw the chatter and it sucks. It's, it's the idea. There's so much music, but I did see the chatter. I saw the building. Lots of people talk about the comparison to the building, and I just haven't had a chance to dive, dive into it. And you know, I, I, again, I think I'm part of the problem. So I'm gonna remedy that this weekend when I go on my little trip. So yeah, awesome, good stuff. All right, I think that'll end it right now. You know, we've got to get to our specially made environmentally protected huts, you know, away from you poor to deal with your climate change and your storms and everything else. As uh, members of the 1%, me and so will be out here kicking it back, you know, drinking our Zimas and uh, watching the apocalypse on our flat screen OLED TVs. Uh, you know, like the 1% has Zima. It never stopped for us. But <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Imagine it's like a whole pipeline of old products that got, it's like, damn, they got rid of that. And But if you're rich, it still comes in there. <laughs> So surge, yeah, surge. So, so for it's loco, like, for loco. So it's like a Rob's report, but for like, like, like laffy taffy and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> what, what from the childhood can I get to be made, especially for me right now in my palace? What, what, that what, what I, I feel like if I was a billionaire, I would do that, right? Like I would find like the the surge recipe and like have like hire some like, I don't know, like, like chemist to just like recreate it for me on demand like that's 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 what i want it, it's like they put the iphones away and they're running around with zunes just because they can <laughs> specially created zunes you know it's, this is golden crusted i'll never let it go <laughs> uh, but as usual y'all we love y'all stay safe if you're in a place that's, that's hot, stay cool. If you're in a place that's fucking cool, stay hot. And uh, yeah, we love you all. Stay safe. Peace. Peace.